Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast and for this episode we have a very special guest with us Mr Ravi Shekhar Singh who is the India head at Moms Belief. Hi Ravi, thank you for joining us. A uh, pleasure to be with you. Likewise. So to begin with could you please take us through your career journey so far? Sure. So I am by education I'm a mechanical engineer and uh, started with Tata Motors in Pune. Moving forward I I I felt like I should get into marketing but that was my passion so I pursued my marketing degree from Micra and then further from I am Bangalore and uh, also led an advertisement agency national one uh, for almost 7 8 years and post that I was as country head at Moms Belief amazing so we are talking about Moms Belief and I was reading about it and I really like the vision So, would could you please take uh, enlighten our listeners more about it? I mean, what does Moms Believe do? Yes. So, Moms Believe is an organization dedicated to empowering families of neurodivergent children. We are the country's largest, providing holistic support and therapies to children with autism and other developmental diseases. So, we operate through seventy-five centers across India, staffed uh, by a dedicated team of over three hundred professionals. are highly trained uh, therapists and experts employ evidence based interventions and innovative approaches to support the developmental needs of children right so our impact apart from therapy our impact extends beyond therapy sessions as we actively engage with the community schools and policy makers to raise awareness about neurodiversity and advocate for the rights of uh, rights and inclusion of neurodivergent children the organization dedication for knowledge sharing and research collaboration further contributes to the understanding and advancement of best practices in the field so when we talk about best practices and uh, also being uh, being the topmost in india we need support from the bigger organizations and i'm very happy to uh, tell you that we have been uh, in partnership with lego foundation and uh, this partnership uh, strengthens our ability to create innovative uh, programs that leverage play based approaches which is very important these days to foster the holistic development of neurodivergent children with an unwavering commitment to families and a vision for more inclusive society we continue to make a profound impact on the lives of neurodivergent children and their families through our compassion expertise dedication we inspire hope and empower families to believe in the extraordinary potential of their children so that is very important uh, part of this thing because when we uh, when we talk about some some call it disability some call it disorder right but it is it is an ability in itself so there is potential in every child so reaching that potential is what what we do at mostly which is like extremely important and kudos to all the good work that you've been doing um i hope we get more organizations like that who you know really uh, understand the importance of bringing this thing forward and helping people who are in need so 
when we talk about you know somebody who is suffering from any sort of uh, mental issues there are a lot of biases involved with it so how does mom's belief make sure that the child gets the best help with no biases that's a brilliant question thank you uh, so we are committed to providing the best help to neurodivergent children without biases right we take several measures to ensure that every child receives appropriate and individualized support so example we conduct thorough assessments to understand each child's unique strengths and challenges and needs based on these assessments we develop individualized intervention plans for each child these plans take into account the specific child's specific needs preferences and developmental goals so we have a dedicated team of professionals with expertise in the field of child development and neurodiversity their expertise ensures that interventions are delivered with accuracy sensitivity and without bias we also recognize the crucial role of parents and caregivers which is very important that's why we have a program called a family support plan in a child's development so we actively involve parents in the therapy process providing them with guidance education support right that's the safest place for a child to be in the family right so we adopt an inclusive approach that respects and values the diversity of each child we recognize that every child is unique and may have different strengths and challenges we also closely monitor the progress of each child through throughout their therapeutic journey regular assessments data collections progress tracking allow the organization to make necessary adjustments to the intervention plan and ensure that the child needs are being met effectively so this way uh, these are these are few things that we do we keep in mind and uh, so the most important part of this is family support plan because when family is there you can expect the bias to be gone because they are the most comfortable with their family with their mother the child is most comfortable with the mother or the family members right so that's what we do very accurately mentioned that you know family happens to be the you know the first point first checkpoint as we say so and a lot of times people because they do not have the right amount of knowledge or maybe because we don't talk about all these issues very frequently so what do you think are some of the early signals that people should know that you know a child is need is needs a child needs some sort of help and how does mom's belief come to the rescue i mean how does the process initiate because the init- initiation is very important so first thing is identification that's the most important part of the step right so when uh, when a parent identifies that children has such, such uh, some problems or some issues they are facing so the journey starts from that point so recognizing early signals that indicate a child may need additional support is crucial for early intervention maximizing developmental outcomes while each child is unique and may exhibit varying signs it it may differ in every child right and still uh, parents can notice certain things so i'd like to list out few things Uh, that that may be noticeable and so these are not this is this is not diagnosis but these are the red flags that you need to keep in mind as a parent our parents need to keep in mind that if s- these things are happening there might be a chance and i should i should consult someone right so if a child is uh, if a child consistently misses or significantly delays reaching key de- developmental milestones such as sitting up crawling walking or speaking it may be a signal to seek further evaluation at least evaluation intervention comes later a difficulty with social interaction can be an early indicator this may include a lack of interest in engaging with others limited eye contact or a difficulty in understanding or responding to social cues right if a child has trouble communicating their needs lacks age appropriate speech has limited vocabulary 
or exhibits echolalia, that is repetitive echoing of word or phrases, right? It may indicate the need for additional support. Then, then it comes heightened sensitivity. You have seen movies also. They're very sensitive to sound, light. So when it comes to, uh, to this heightened sensitivity or aversion to certain sensory stimuli, such as loud noises, bright lights, textures, or specific taste may be a sign of sensory processing difficulties. A child's persistent engagement in repetitive behaviors, stereotypic movements, or intense focus on specific objects or topics to the exclusion of others may suggest the need for further evaluation. Right? Frequent tantrums, difficulty in managing emotions or extreme reaction to changes in routine or transitions that may indicate challenges with emotional regulation is something we should look out for. Right? Unusual play behavior such as lack of uh, lack of pretend play or difficulty engaging in age appropriate imaginative play can be a signal because as a child we imagine a lot of things we play dollhouse we play uh, doctor and what all games we <laughs> do so that is one thing which is very natural that comes to child right so if if that is missing there is some issue or it needs at least the evaluation part is needed at that point persistent challenging is sustaining attention being easily distracted or difficulties following instructions may be indicative of attention-related difficulties. So it is important to note that these signs uh, alone do not provide a diagnosis, like I told, but serve as potential red flags. If you notice several of these signals or have concerns about your child, it is always advisable to consult with a healthcare professional such as pediatrician, developmental pediatrician, or early intervention specialist. So at Momsley, we conduct assessments to evaluate child's strengths and difficulties. Post-assessment, we make goal plan, enroll, and start the therapies, conquering one goal after the other. So that's how the learning begins and proceeds. Amazing, amazing. So my next question to you is, I think, is very important because, you know, school happens to be the place. It's, it's sort of their second home, as we say, because it's child's first interaction with the outside world. So how how do we think we can make schools more inclusive, which contributes substantially to the development of the child? I mean, um, people, the children do get difficulties when they go out, especially. So that was very rightly said, because one third of a child's life is at school. One third is sleeping and one third is with family. So family and school are very important parts. So in terms of uh, if we if we call about inclusiveness at school, uh, so creating more inclusive schools and workplaces is essential for fostering the development and well-being of both children and adults. I'm talking about both, right? We at Monsolif are committed to inclusivity through some practices. So what we do, I can explain that. And so it starts as simple as educating teachers, administrators, and employees about neurodiversity, disabilities, and inclusion. Offer training sessions and workshops to increase awareness, reduce stigma, and promote understanding of uh, different abilities and needs. So what we do, we uh, offer training uh, programs for the schools where the teachers, the administrators, they, they go through this complete program where we talk about inclusion. Then we train the children, the regular children, as they call in the, uh, as they call. So they also need to understand this part that the child, especially child or autistic child, might look different, might behave differently, but they are also a child. They are they are they are perfectly fine. They are perfectly fine. You don't have to worry about that thing. So we should ensure that school and workplaces are physically accessible providing necessary accommodations for individuals dis with disabilities. 
This may include ramps, elevators, accessible restroom, assistive technology, flexible workspaces, sensory-friendly uh, environment. So even uh, the government of India has launched a, prog a program by the name of Sugamya Bharat. So it provides accessibility to the not just not just uh, as they call disabled, which is not the right way to uh, put it up, but uh, ramps are in, being installed in the hospitals. Accessible restrooms are being made. So this is some, we are some somewhere coming. We are some uh, somewhere coming to the point where we understand at least we are there. So moving forward, uh, it's going to improve because there are a lot of organizations working in different ways. We we interact with a lot of organizations day to day basis who are in the same field. Something different. Some are doing residential programs. Some are doing different kinds of programs. Some are doing ABA therapy specifically. So we work as a as a group together towards this. Then develop and enforce policies that support inclusive inclusivity, non discrimination, equal opportunities for all. So establishing guidelines for reasonable accord, accommodations, accessibility, anti bullying, bullying anti discrimination measures. So these are very important. Setting up some principles, some rules, policies for them. And promote a culture that celebrates diversity and fosters acceptance and respect for individuals of all abilities. Encourage empathy, kindness, and understanding among students, employees, colleagues. So this is something that helps uh, in making it accessible and inclusive. In schools, uh, specifically in schools, if you talk, offer support services such as special education, counseling for parents, children, speech therapy, occupational therapy based on each student's requirement after the assessment. And then encourage collaborative learning and work environments where students and employees can learn from each other's strength and support one each one another. Promote peer mentoring programs because so buddy system, something that we use in our in our company also. So if a new therapist join, so we we provide them with a buddy. We'll guide them through the process of induction and then maybe for 30 days they are together. They learn everything about the company. So same happens when a child goes to school. So you need to find a, a friend or a buddy to that child. Right? So it, it makes the process very easy. Even in workplaces, the same concept works. So fostering friendship, understanding and support among students and colleagues. Now, engaging families, again, the same point is the educational in the educational process and keep them informed about the child's progress, goals, available support services is very important because they the one third of the child's life is at home. The family plays a very important role. Then, then it comes regularly, evaluate the effectiveness of inclusion initiatives, seek feedback from students, employees, families, and make adjustments based on the feedback received. Because you can't be perfect at the first go, right? So based on the feedbacks, you improve the effectiveness of the policy that you have made for the company or for the school and uh, revise to ensure continuous improvement and address any gaps or barriers to inclusion. So we can create environments that value and embrace diversity, providing equal opportunity to all individuals to thrive, contribute and reach their full potential. Very important points that you've mentioned. And, you know, I'm, I'm so happy, you know, to finally do this podcast with you, considering these are such important points and issues that needs to be that need to be highlighted. And I'm so happy that um, I am being a catalyst through which people can be reached out. So um, it's completely like um, gratitude for me. So one last question, which is extremely important, is that how can people reach out to Moms Relief in case they know or somebody is looking for help? So best way to reach us is through our helpline number. I'll, I'll provide you that and I can speak it up right now also. It's 90155. 00061. So 
we have a dedicated team of uh, dedicated team to take up your calls, provide immediate support, maybe uh, providing you with a center, the parents with a center, or maybe some guidance, some counseling. So we are available all the working hours, all the week during the working hours. So that is the best way to reach. Amazing. So, and I guess you also have a website so people can check out in case, you know, somebody's looking out for it. www.momphilip.com. So we have all the information there also. They can reach. But if someone needs immediate help or they want to talk to someone, phone number is the best way to reach us. Amazing. So thank you, Ravi, for joining us today. It was indeed a pleasure to have you. And I hope our listeners would agree. So thank you. And I hope I come across with more such uh, good people like you running such good initiatives. Thank you, Ajit. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. (laughs) Thank you, guys.